I'm Eli Smith, and I don't cry at movies, but I want to. I'm Cody Lunsford, and I cry at movies all the time. It is now my job to make Eli cry at movies. From best pictures... And purely nostalgia. This is... Live and let cry. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Live and Let Cry, a monthly podcast maxi-series to find a movie to make Eli Smith cry. I'm Cody Lunsford. Today on the show, we'll be discussing the 2004 weepy classic, The Notebook. But before that, let's say hello to Mr. Dry Eyes, Eli Smith. Hello. My eyes are so dry. So dry. Um, Yes, I want to make you cry. Um, So I think the first thing that we want to do is let's talk about why we started this podcast experiment. It, it, It kind of came from a a question that you posed on Twitter. Yes. Um, I- I explain yourself. Yeah, so I tweeted, uh, what was it, a couple weeks ago now, I guess, um, basically. And this was a question that I've asked people um, before. I think I've asked you before, um, but mm-hmm. I posed it to all of Twitter, which is basically, when you guys talk about crying in movies, are you for real? Like, do you actually cry and, like, tears are streaming down your face? Because this is a foreign concept to me. Um, right. I have never, in my memory, full-on cried at a movie. And I want mm-hmm. that so badly. I, th- I think it sounds so cathartic and beautiful and refreshing and fun. And right. I just have never done it. There's t- been times where I've come kind of close. And for a long time, I think I was assuming that when people say they're crying in a movie, like they're doing what I do sometimes, which is like you feel a tightness in your throat and maybe your eyes get a little bit wet. Um, but never has a tear spilled down past my eyelashes. So, so a tear has never exited the tear area. No, when you've watched the movie, you just your throat kind of tightens up. That that that's how you experience the kind of like sad moments in movies. Yeah, and it's not really even sad moments for me usually, but I guess that's probably mm-hmm. something we'll get into later, like what we yes. typically respond yes. to. I, I was I was plucked out of obscurity <laughs> to be your co-host. <laughs> Um, uh, no, we, this we, like every podcast started as a joke and then we're right. like, what if we did it? Yes. Yes. In, in, in a group message that both Eli and I are in, he said, what if we did a podcast where someone tried to make me cry? And I was like, I mean, I'll do it. And the reason why I'm the choice for this particular job is because I am notorious for crying. You're Mr. Cry movies. guy. I am <laughs> like. I am the opposite. I guess shy is not the opposite of cry. I was going to say I'm the opposite of the Mario character, shy guy. You're Mr. Wet shy and cry are not opposites. They're just different. But I am pretty pretty weepy during movies. My wife gives me, um, she, she like knows. We're watching a movie and she looks at me and like she knows <laughs> that it's happening. I'm not about to cry right now. I just had something in my throat, but I, <laughs> I guess that's thought always going to be the question. I really hoped you were. That could be my um, like sub goal for this podcast is to make you cry on the podcast. That would be interesting. I think it's possible. I've never cried during a podcast recording before, mm-hmm. but never say never. Um, so I, uh, for background, you know, I wasn't going to count up every movie I cried during because that was a Herculean task. Mm-hmm. But I, as we were discussing this, I went to my letterbox, went to my list of all the movies that were released in 2019. So I went through them and I found that I cried 
meaning a tear rolled down my cheek 27 times. 27 27 times. No, let me be more specific. 27 films. I'm not counting the amount of times that I cried in each movie, but 27 movies Oh, so probably like Endgame was like five times for you probably, right? Absolutely. I did cry like five times during Endgame, and I also saw Endgame four times, and I did cry every time I saw Endgame. Not the same amount of times, but I did cry every time I saw Endgame. So that was 27 movies out of how many you saw in 2019? Like... A hundred plus, I think I was at uh, 140 or something like that. So it's not like I'm crying at every single movie I see. I'm, n- I'm yeah. not that wild. But it is a, I mean, it's more than zero. Yeah. And it still seems like a pretty significant amount of movies. And not all of them were your standard weepies. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it was something like in-game or sometimes, you know, it was a particular moment that like really grabbed at me. Um, I also, to further illustrate this point that I don't know that needs further illustration, but every time the trailer for Dumbo would play in theaters, <laughs> I would cry. <laughs> so that is an effective trailer. I will give it that. It is but it did a not cause very spillage for me. Trailer. <laughs> oh, no. I've accidentally, like... <laughs> use the word spillage as lingo like a couple times <laughs> and I don't want that to continue. <laughs> I think it will continue. Yeah. Um so 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 that's kind of our crying at movies experience. I think what I really need to know to kind of accomplish my goal Eli is do you often cry in real life? No. Um not not at all. Uh I cannot remember the last okay, time. Okay, so I this cried. may be tough <laughs> no i have this tough. theory that this kind of leads nicely into because i was thinking about this recently um when i was a child i was a little crybaby, and i mm. would cry all the time about dumb stuff i was a only or not only i was the youngest child and so i would like cry to get my siblings in trouble and stuff um <laughs> right and so, like i learned to, to weaponize it and right i, th- I think Based on a lot of people that I have um, grown up with and known since they were children, I think there might be a reverse correlation between how much you cry as, an, as a child to how much you cry as an adult. Is there any element of truth in that for, for you? No, <laughs> but, but that doesn't mean your theory is not true for some people. But no, I've always been a little crybaby. Mm-hmm. Um just in a variety of different ways. Yeah, I've always been a bit of a crier, which when I was, you know, in middle school or high school and stuff like that, I definitely tried to suppress Yeah. Um, because, you know, as the famous film says, boys don't cry. Right. Um, but, but I did. And I, you know, m- all of my family cries a decent amount, including the men. Um, so I think it just was, there was never any kind of, barrier to that which i'm not saying that there's a barrier for you but it it just was something that i saw often Mm -hmm. so i was like okay yeah i can cry like my dad i mean not to blow up his spot but like he (laughs) cried during christopher robin because that was a movie or winnie the pooh was something that he really like read to us as kids watched all the time with us as like babies and stuff like that so there was kind of that attachment to it plus that movie can just make you cry in general but not eli but it did make me cry Uh, um so interesting so so that's tough i was tbh hoping you say yeah i cry in real life but not really (laughs) at movies because that'd be an easier hurdle so now i just kind of have to make you cry in general which will be tough but this is really therapy i like it 
because I feel like I that's need good. to cry. Like, I right. feel like that's something human beings need to do. And if mm-hmm. I can use movies to do that, that would be wonderful. Um, yes. I like truly looking back over the last couple of years, I can't, I can't think of a time I've cried. I feel like, okay, so um, I remember crying in 2013, <laughs> just seven years <laughs> okay. ago. That was when my dad died. And right. We're just dropping a, a, a bummer bomb on the show. <laughs> but that that is like the only time that like stands out in my mind. And I feel like maybe there are one or two times that I can't remember what they were since then. Right. But that's mm. that's two or three times in seven years. Right. Uh, Which is not <laughs> it is not a high hit ratio. No, it's not very many say. times. Yeah. And yeah, so if you are joining us, which I mean you are because we're dropping it in our personal podcast feeds. If you're joining us from Best Pictures or Purely Nostalgia, you may expect wall-to-wall yuck-em-ups. And we are going <laughs> to have a funny show, but inherently we're talking about crying. Yeah. Like I think sad things will come up. So just so people know, um, can't wait. Uh, until we talk about my abandonment issues, which will come <laughs> up for some of the movies we talk about. Oh, boy. Um, yes, it's going to be fun. Uh, can't wait till we bring on guests and really, like, dive into what makes them cry. Um, so, okay, so this is challenging, but that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do agree that I think it is good for people to cry. I don't think you're necessarily not a proper human if you don't but Mm -hmm. i do think it is really good um movies definitely are a big way for me i will say i've heard people say that they read up or cry when they read books i have never had that happen but i have cried at comic books specifically spider-man comic books nerd um yeah definitely and tv tv normally really gets me pretty hard because you invest for so many years into certain characters which Mm -hmm. is part of why endgame was so effective um yeah but anyway that's enough about us crying i think so now we're going to talk about another element of the cry right so the goal is to make eli cry and i think we need to be specific Mm -hmm. And have a definition. What is a cry for the purposes of this podcast? It's spillage, right? There's got to be spillage. I think it is spillage. I don't think <laughs> it is you are full-on weeping. Yeah. Like, because I've... Uh, I did that after La La Land one time. Oh, when I saw that. Like, it was like a <laughs> kind of wow. weeping. Uh, yeah. I would love for this to happen to me. <laughs> this sounds that so happened. great. That happened because that movie was deciding whether you wanted to have a career or a good life. And that was at a time when I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So, I mean, here's the trick. Just be very emotionally vulnerable and stressed out about everything always. Like, that's a pretty good prerequisite, I think. Yeah, I was just thinking, like, that might be what this comes down to is, like, figuring out what movie represents, like, what is causing me anxiety mm-hmm. and insecurity at this point in my life. Right. And watching that movie. It, uh, I don't know what that would be though. It, it's so I was a big, uh, Gleek in high school where <laughs> I watched every episode of Glee and that show destroyed me constantly because I started watching it in 10th grade. They were in 10th grade in the show. And so like graduation, new relationships etc etc was just hitting me at every right time and that show yeah was uh was a water hose for me but okay so you think spillage i agree i don't think it has to be heavy weeping but i think a tear needs to reach your cheek uh, which is right. often how i cry i i choke up there's a lot of choking up in movies 
um, a lot of tears watering. I don't think that's enough for you for this podcast. I think you have to feel moisture on your cheek. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's never, that's never (laughs) happened. That's never happened for you. If that happens, it will be a miracle. Oh, it's going to be so exciting. This podcast might go longer than our, our other podcast. (laughs) They stop and we are forced into this, Uh, but we didn't sign a contract so we can end whenever we want. Um, (laughs) So, and I think the other element of this, which I don't think you would ever do, but I just want our listeners to know the social contract that we kind of have in place. You can't fake cry to get out of the podcast because I, because you don't want to talk to me anymore. Um, <laughs> like, so, so you have to be truthful about whether yeah. or not you cry or not. And I will be truthful. We are going to talk about movies that. I find personally sad. Eli finds personally sad. We'll have guests on. They'll talk about movies they find are sad. But we will also sometimes pull from lists or pull from things we see online where people call a movie sad and we'll add it to our list and we'll watch that. It may not make either one of us cry. There will be episodes where neither one of us cry. Um, And that's okay because I don't have to cry. I already do all the yeah. time. The goal is to make Eli cry. I don't think we... This is about me. It is all about Eli, and that is what is important. So after all that preamble, I do think we need to talk about the movie that we watched for this month, which is The Notebook, um, yep. o- often quoted as one of the saddest movies, an automatic tearjerker. Your mom loves it. She cries when she watches it. Your proverbial mom. I don't know about Eli's mom in specific. Um, <laughs> I don't think she's seen this. <laughs> but it is it is a movie that I didn't watch for a while because I was, I was like a boy and too cool for it. And then I watched it and was like sobbed, but also was like, it's a pretty well-made movie, which I did not expect about it. So had you ever seen this movie before, Eli? Yes. Um, I cannot remember the context in which I watched this, but mm-hmm. I think I watched it with friends. Um, I did not cry the first time I watched it. Um, right. And I remember thinking it was okay. <laughs> Yeah. The thing is, I don't think it's great. I just think I have seen some of these Nicholas Sparks-esque movies that are just kind of like really not all that good at all. So you watch it with friends. I don't think that's necessarily the best environment that is going to allow you to cry, I would say. Um, Because you're like, I don't know, maybe your friends make fun of you for crying so you don't feel like it. I cry in front of people, but I know plenty of people who don't. Um, truly where I cry most is the theater, but they're strangers and it's dark and they're not seeing me. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. I think um, I remember people crying that I watched it with and I did not. Yeah. And I remember looking around and being like, hey, what? What's going <laughs> what on with you guys? <laughs> oh, babies? I, little it's babies. Just pretend. <laughs> it's not real. <laughs> they're not real people. <laughs> they're not real people. It's not a Though, big deal. <laughs> it's not a big deal. I will say. They're not real people, but every actor in this, I think, is very convincing, which definitely helps me buy into and get me more emotionally available when you have performers like Rachel McAdams or Ryan Gosling. Like, they're giving really good performances, which is why I think this movie is better than others. Yeah, Um, I agree. 
I Ryan Gosling, man, he he's, he's a cutie patootie. He is a cutie patootie, and he has made me cry a time or two. Rachel McAdams also a cutie patootie. Also a cutie patootie. Just a couple <laughs> like, of cutie patooties in this. Just a couple of cutie patooties, and then you have the. Uh, I almost said a cuss word, but forgot that I'm not allowed to because this is cross podcast. You also have freaking. Officer Tom in this? <laughs> Officer and Tom is maybe the cutest patootie. He, like, the one thing you can always say about Officer Tom is he is a cutie patootie. Um, and he's always there. To, he's, he's always a, there for you. Especially if you're a little blue alien. Boy. That's what I always think of with Officer Tom. <laughs> he's so reliable. I love that man. He's, he's so reliable. He's a better person in this movie than I remembered. Uh, I, re- I re- yes, I remembered mm-hmm. him being just like a bad guy, and he's not that. He's kind of not really at all. No. And one may say Ryan Gosling is approaching a bad guy. <laughs> Ryan Gosling has some issues. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> he is. Uh, some would say manipulative. Others would say romantic, and I say there is sometimes a fine line when wooing, and he. I don't know. The the opening scene is cute, but 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 she should not date him. (laughs) When when someone is threatening to fall off of a Ferris wheel Mm -hmm. in order to get a date, that is a bad bad start to a relationship. I liked it because they were at a carnival and it's close to a theme park, so I'm always I'm always on board. Just a dirty theme park. That is a bad start to, uh, like, kind of neg your way into a relationship. (laughs) And they kind of continue to, like, neg each other. The amount of, like, uh, her shoving him and slapping him, like, Mm -hmm. throughout. And I was like, I know this is supposed to be romantic. And there are moments that work of romance because they're just convincing. But it's hard for me to forget when she slapped him, like, ten minutes ago. Like... I'm not fully on board with that. I don't know. Yeah. Well, when you see him as a, an old man, you're like, uh, and are we fully in spoiler territory? We don't have to worry about that, right? I mean, it people came have out in 2004. Okay, I yeah. think it's fine. <laughs> uh, he is the old man, and she is the old lady. <laughs> it is a spoiler, right? Um, but right. like, when you see them, you're like, oh, that's sweet. I guess he grew up by the time he turned, however he old, old he is, right? But like, I don't know, because once they like get together at the end. Um, when he when she, he comes back, no, so, sorry, she comes back to his house, and then it right. cuts back to them as old people for the rest of the movie. You're like, what? What are all those years <laughs> like? Because right. they've changed right. as people, <laughs> right? Like fundamentally changed. Um, do you want to hear something disgusting? Yeah. Um, supposedly, we'll see if it gets off the ground. Um, there's two notebook related projects in development right now one is a musical for broadway that Mm. makes sense you could see it i don't know that i would want to see it but you could imagine it the hospital Um, bed scene on stage though i don't know (laughs) i don't know that it (laughs) translates well but okay translates at all no um but uh the other thing in development is a cw show that is from when they starts off from when they get together on and it's like okay that's 
okay, but that sounds like maybe the most boring hmm. thing ever of just like a normal relationship. But they're going to have to like, what if it is, what are their names? Noah and Allie. It's like mm-hmm. Noah and Allie. It is the Great 50s. names, by the way. I, d- I love those names. I'm, Good names. I'm immediately rooting Good for names. them as a couple. Yes. Despite everything else. <laughs> despite everything else. What if in the CW, because they've really got to appeal to the CW um, base. What mm. if James Marsden's character is murdered and they have to <laughs> solve the mystery of who killed him. I don't know. I don't know what those intervening years are like, but I do think you're right. I, I was really hoping for a montage of sorts of mm-hmm. like, maybe we see the wedding, maybe we see moments of happiness, but we just see the high drama, which works to some degree, but it it, it does kind of leave you being like, Yes, it's a reveal that they're the same person, and what a cruel twist that is. Mm-hmm. That is really like a, a stab in the heart kind of moment. But you have that, and it's like, oh, okay, but you're still kind of fundamentally seeing like two very different groups of people. Yeah. I, I really wish that at the end, after they die, I wish that wasn't the last shot. I wish it went back to the young version of them kind of like the end of Endgame, like you cut to them right. dancing in the room as young people again. Like right. I think that would have raised this movie in my mind by a significant amount. It's like Or the, even do the Titanic where they see each other in the afterlife or something. Yeah. Like something else. Yeah. But no, we get a cutaway to birds because <laughs> of the worst line from a romantic maybe it's not the I worst don't know. Line, but I don't I don't mind that not, line. It's not bad. I just saw it in every yearbook quote as I was graduating or every cutesy couple on Facebook. The, if you're a, if you're a bird, I'm a bird. It's not horrible in context of the movie. He wants it's to be a bird outside context. If she's a bird, because if she's a bird, then he can be a bird and they can be birds together. I like no, you're right. It's sweet. I was That's wrong. actually very cute. <laughs> it's very cute. I just, it's, it, I've seen it overplayed and I should not blame Noah and Allie for what they did to us as I a mean, nation. You don't blame ACDC when you see Back in Black in every Walmart commercial in the last 20 years. <laughs> it's still a great song. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. So. We talked about the movie some. I think we need to talk about it in context of our emotional response. So I want to talk about the the cry points, the cry areas. Yeah. So what are the movies that you kind of identified in this movie as? And I'll I'll tell you mine if you if we don't line up. But what are what are the movies or moments you identify as? People would cry to this. I ad- I identified three of them, and I don't know that mm-hmm. I was thinking about it in terms of like, oh, this is something that would make someone cry because it right. is so hard for me to relate to the things that normally make people cry because I'm an alien. Right. But there were three <laughs> moments for me that were effective in some way. And I'm not saying okay. whether or not they made me cry, but they were effective. There was some like physical response from me um, right. based on emotion. So the first of those moments was, um, and I I, uh, I wrote them down as little jolts. <laughs> Felt a <Right>. jolt. <laughs> when <laughs> Noah's dad... Um, said that he was selling the house when Noah comes back from the army, and uh, they hug. Okay, <laughs> he's he's okay. selling the house so that Noah can buy his dream house, and then they hug mm-hmm. each other. And I felt I felt something there. Okay, um, the second one, um, and then this one wasn't quite as strong for me, but um, when Allie comes back to the house at the end, and the music is swelling. 
Yes. Um, yes. A very manipulative score, I will say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the third one, so the last two were pretty close to the end. The other one mm-hmm. was when um, Allie, old Allie is, uh, they're having a moment and then she loses her memory again and starts panicking. Yes. And then Noah mm-hmm. kind of sits down and he's crying. It was, right. it was specifically when he starts crying is when mm-hmm. I had a response. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I think those are all good cry moments. The only one that I clocked out of yours, though, was the Allie forgetting um, and Noah's response to that. I think the other two are, well, no, when she comes back. Yeah, 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 that that is a cry moment. I didn't clock the dad thing. Um, Yeah, that's something that we're going to get into on this show is (laughs) father-son stuff might be our secret weapon here. That is the stuff that makes me almost cry. All right, all right, good to know. I don't want to weaponize that against you too much, <laughs> yeah. but, but it is it is still good and to I, know. And I don't but, think it really has anything to do with, like, my dad dying or anything. I think it's more of a, mm-hmm. like, parental pride for a kid. Like, when a kid does something to finally earn their parents' respect uh, in, like, a cheesy movie where, like, they, the kid joins the dance team and the, the dad wants him to play right. basketball. Well, this is high school musical, but, um, <laughs> right. and, but like, when the, the moment at the end where the parent's like, okay, I accept you for who you are, and they hug, like, that gets me. Okay, okay, good to know. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. The, uh, the other cry points that I clocked were the fighting in the rain that led to them kissing. That felt... That felt like a m- moment that I've seen other people clock. Um, I I mean, we, we can reveal it now. I, I didn't cry during this movie. I have cried in this movie in the past, which is part uh-huh. of why we chose it, in addition to it being a traditionally weepy movie for people. I did not cry during it. I It's harder for me to cry at movies during ho- at, while I'm at home. Not mm-hmm. impossible, but it is. Um, it's also harder to pay attention to movie in general with you know, everything that's going on in my yeah. personal life, but also in the world, mm-hmm. it's a little hard to focus a little bit. And you so got no, these I little computers in your pocket that just tell you and, every and, little thing and you can mm-hmm. pull it out in the movie. And, and and I had to read about the production of this movie, which there were no really interesting facts from it. <laughs> um, but, um, but I knew that was a moment that a lot of people pointed to and I could see in a different experience, maybe that one getting to me. Um, The other one is maybe, I was unsure of this one. It didn't get anything from me, but I could see maybe um, when his friend dies in the war. um, Nothing for me there. It's so quick that there wasn't really anything for me either, but maybe it could get somebody. Um, That moment for me was just, oh, it's Forrest Gump. Like that, that is (laughs) the, that move, that moment is in so many movies right like the early 2000s and 90s yes and the war stuff happens so fast he's in war for all of three minutes it's Mm -hmm. it's it's a little crazy um i think the other moment is ally remembering so when she is an old lady and she is she has that moment of clarity which is immediately followed by that moment of forgetting i think both of those are pretty effective um, and then the ending, obviously, is right. where it gets a lot of people. Is you find out that it's them, and then they die together, and isn't that romantic? Um, I think those are the big cry moments to me. I think the only one 
other one I would add is, so the fight in the rain is about the letters. And I think specifically the line of, I wrote you 365 letters. I wrote you a letter every day of the year. Like, I think that kind of gets people. Hey, um, I have a question about that. Is that what yeah. the notebook is? Is it all those letters? No. So <laughs> what is the notebook? Good I've question. Seen this you movie not multiple know. times. So they kind of show it towards the end, but the notebook is Allie at some point, I guess when she realized she was developing um, the memory loss or I don't know what mm. specifically she has. Um, but I think it's also she, right? I think or, so. Not I would guess it's Alzheimer's, but I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. Um, but um, she she wrote it. She wrote their love story. So so there's a quick insert shot of it saying like, "Here's our love story. Read it to me." Something like that. Love, Allie. Um, but they, it is a quick insert shot. Why is this movie called the call it like Wet Love in South Carolina or something? <laughs> call it Good Old Southern call Love. Call it Noah and Allie. You're right. Yeah, the notebook is such a tiny thing, and it like it feels pivotal in ways, but they don't give it enough room to breathe. Yeah, for it to really feel pivotal. Um, but yes, yeah, so supposedly it is she wrote their love story down so he could write it to her, which is why there are moments that focus a bit when they break up. There are a bit more moments focusing on her, like her um, when she's with uh, Cyclops. We're going to call him a different <laughs> name every time. <laughs> Teddy from Westworld. Um, whenever she's with him, um yeah, it kind of goes into that. Can I tell you something about James Marsden that the internet? So the internet, and I, I can't say this word because it is shared on um, purely nostalgia, but he is often referred to as a certain phrase referring to someone who often gets cheated on. He's called that of cinema because he <laughs> plays that role that so is what much. He is. Yeah. He like he is that role so often in movies. He's either that or he's the straight man to animated characters, which he's in a live action setting, which he's done twice, but that's enough for a pattern in my opinion. Um Yeah. Yeah. So what else was he in? He wasn't he, wasn't he in Hairspray? He was in Hairspray. He is good in Hairspray. Yeah. Uh, um, so so those are kind of our cry points that we identified. Need I would Eli hasn't revealed, but I'm assuming he didn't cry. Um, I didn't cry either. But those are the moments that we kind of identified. Are you gonna um, ask me the question of did I, did I, I cry? Think the big question, Eli. I'll. Did I cry? I don't know. I still haven't told you. You haven't asked me. <laughs> there was so what is happening, listener, is there was some debate whether or not we revealed it um <laughs> before the podcast started. Well, you just said and I assumed you didn't cry and then you kind of moved on. I was like, do I get to say whether or not I cried? <laughs> oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Yes, yes, rev- I I I just want people to know the background of Eli was like, "No, we can tell people early yeah, yeah. on." And I was like, "I don't know, maybe we should wait till the end." 
and we kind of left it there and I went with Eli's and I think Eli went with mine because he has not revealed <laughs> yeah. whether or not he's cried yet and I was like oh yeah I definitely well I guess did. I so, just thought there was gonna be a moment where I was like <laughs> prompted to reveal <laughs> I'm going to say it now are you ready say it now say I it did now. not cry in this movie you did not there cry will in this be movie. an episode two of this podcast <laughs> yes um I did not cry either um but I think Another big question that we have to ask ourselves, Eli, is did we like this movie? Um, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think we kind of fall the same of like, it's fine. Yeah. It's pleasant. I'd enough. watch it again in eight years. Yes, exactly. I need that amount of time yes. in between it because I just don't need to see it all that often. But it is kind of an undeniable classic. It feels like classical and timeless mm-hmm. in a kind of interesting way of like right. People can watch it for years and years. Um, So we fall on the it's fine spectrum, but I kind of want to talk about what some other people thought. So first I I went over to Letterboxd and saw what people were talking, and I tried to get a pretty fair balance. So um, Lisa Bettany gave it a half star and said, I started this movie in five minutes and I wanted to punch something, probably my face. I loathe romantic movies. In fact, I can only stomach them if the lead love interest gets eaten by a zombie. It's Um. this sort of (laughs) tosh that brainwashes women into being utter saps for all the wrong reasons. There's nothing sexy about suffering for a generation just for one snog in the rain. Cody, that is the better title of the movie. (laughs) One snog in the rain. Why is it called the, in the rain? Well, that is what it was called in Britain. Was uh, one okay. snog in the rain? That that was its. Yeah. So that was its philosopher's stone versus sorcerer's <laughs> right. stone. Um, hey Eli, I can't think of any romantic movie where the lead love interest gets eaten by a zombie, but I'm um, excited to maybe find yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know. That zombie um, teen movie. What was it called? Warm bodies. Warm Does bodies. I mean, no, he just is a zombie, yeah. and a girl wants to give him kisses. Um, fair. <laughs> I mean, Nicholas Holt yeah, is a zombie who he's wouldn't want to give cutie him patootie. <laughs> Um, okay, so Kate also gave it one half stars on Letterboxd. Um, I'm reading their usernames. I'm very impressed by these people who. Oh, I guess you can just go by your normal name. It's not yeah. anyway. It doesn't matter. Um, but anyway, Kate gave it half stars and said they laid in the middle of the road. Y'all really find this romantic in this economy? <laughs> So I did you find Kate. that moment? Yeah, I didn't find it all that romantic either. I found it very dangerous and irresponsible. Yeah, I didn't like it because she was very concerned and he was like, it'll be fine. Like, li- listen to her. If she Don't make her lay in the road if she doesn't want to lay in the road. <laughs> it, it's, a co- it's a normal response to be scared of yeah. that. Um, okay, so on the positive side, Jack gave it four stars and said, went into this expecting Rachel McAdams to steal my heart, but bam, there's Ryan Gosling with his beautiful smile and luscious beard to sweep me off my feet. Only real men cry during this. Oh, um, yikes. Yeah, sorry, bad news. Um, but how'd you feel about the beard? Love it. I, good beard. I do not think Ryan Gosling is, is a good person when he's in alcoholic mode, but no. he looks fantastic. His outfit, yeah, he he's like baggy clothes, and he's just so sad and just walking slowly around the house with his big beard. He's great. Yeah. And when they get soaked in the rain, like it, it works even better. Mm-hmm. There's a pretty famous clip um, 
of these two won Best Kiss at the MTV Movie Awards, and the big bit, if you win that, is to kiss again on stage. And they have an iconic one where they basically, like, come at each other from opposite sides of the stage. She, like, jumps up. He catches her. It is so effective, and in that moment, you're like, okay. <laughs> like, Can that yeah. be episode two of this podcast? Is that clear? It's just that one. Because that might do it for me. <laughs> Well, they were also dating in real life at the time, so it's yeah. just like extra steamy. Um, yeah, it's a good moment. Um, so our our next review is from Sony, who gave it, I'm assuming I'm pronouncing that correctly. I may not be. Um, apologies if you hear this. Um, Sony gave it four and a half stars and said, emotionally, I too am wearing a veil while lying in a bathtub thinking about Ryan Gosling. <laughs> um, that's a good moment when Rachel McAdams is just laying it in the bathtub looking pissed off <laughs> in her veil because she found out that uh, Noah's back in town. Um, did you know this was the same year as Mean Girls? Like, Rachel McAdams no. gave two iconic performances in the That's same insane. year. Yeah, pretty impressive. She's an icon. Wish she was bigger. Wish the only thing in, like, she had more to do in the Marvel Universe other than be <laughs> Doctor Strange's kind of girlfriend. What was she um, in before The Notebook and Mean Girls? I really don't know. Was this TV, just like her maybe? Florence Pugh year where she was just like in a couple of huge movies and now she's huge? I think so. I, I think similar to Florence, I think there were surely other things she was in. Yeah. But I don't think anything where she really made a splash of any sorts. Um, well, forgot she was in the Sherlock Holmes movies. Um, mm-hmm. She sometimes... Uh, well, she was in the famous Jet Jackson, so I mean that's pretty big. Uh, okay, do yeah. you remember that show at all? Uh, no. Um, oh, it was a, a Disney Channel show. Okay. Um, yeah, she was in a Hot Chick with Rob Schneider, and then it was Mean Girls. It was basically nothing, and then did Mean Girls, Notebook, Wedding Crashers, all in like a year span. Huh. Um, pretty pretty iconic. Um, okay, so we have a couple other reviews. Um, as you guys may or may not know, this is a podcast put together by um, Eli's podcast, Purely Nostalgia, and my podcast, Best Pictures, compi- combining together like a movie Voltron um, in order to make <laughs> Eli cry. It's Jimmy Timmy Power Hour is the it analogy is, that I keep it, using. Yes, that's better. Jimmy Timmy Power Hour is better. Um, so we went to the supporting cast on our other podcast, I guess is what you would call them. Some would call them co-host. I call them supporting cast. Yes. And we asked them to give some of their thoughts on it. Um, so I'll, I'll read the Best Picture Boys, and if you want to read uh, your purely nostalgia co-host, okay. uh, feel free, Eli. Um, so Mark from Best Pictures, he said, I've never seen the movie or read the book. Pretty standard Mark move. Uh, mainly because the saccharine Nicholas Spark stuff never interested me. The idea of losing your memory is definitely scary to me and could theoretically provoke a cry, but I doubt it. <laughs> so, he said saccharine. Sac- yeah, he... What a guy. Yeah, he uses a thesaurus, I guess. Mm-hmm. Nah, he's smart. He's weird. Um, he got glasses, so... Yeah, he's got glasses. He's smart. Um, my other co-host, Chad, said, I haven't seen that movie in 10 years. I simply have zero thoughts on it. I definitely didn't cry when I saw it, though, because 16-year-olds don't cry. Babies do. It's a pretty good Chad impression. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. So what did, so what did uh, Clint say? 
Clint said, I watched this movie while sitting on a picnic blanket. The woman I was dating at the time started to cry. I, too, began to fake cry so that she would think I was sensitive. I am now married to that woman. Well, successful. It worked for him. That's successful. I have a couple questions. Uh, He didn't paint enough of a picture. They were sitting on a picnic blanket in their house outside. (laughs) Where? (laughs) I followed up with him about this. I uh, I, I think it was like a picnic a picnic movie like they watched it on a laptop or something i don't know it's pretty cute disgusting <laughs> no it is cute it is i'm cute. sure it was it raining too uh well that's bad for the technology so <laughs> bad move <laughs> oh man okay so we're we're at the point where we're wrapping the show up so um eli do you want to tell people where they can find you and your other work yes so you can find me on twitter um I am at Elisha P. Smith on Twitter. It's the same username for Letterboxd. Um, and then you can, uh, if you're listening to this on the Best Pictures feed, you can hop on over to Purely Nostalgia. That's uh, my podcast where we talk about kids' movies. Um, so usually kids' movies. <laughs> Sometimes right. it's not kids' movies, but usually. <laughs> and it's uh, we talk about them in relation to nostalgia rather than crying. Right. Um I have guessed it on that podcast. It is also one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to the moment it comes out. Um, if I if I watch the movie, sometimes I have to wait to watch the movie. You yeah, know, how it is. Um, but I was on your Lion King episode as well as your Detective Pikachu episode. So both people great apps, great apps. Um, you can find me at Cody Lunsford underscore on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find me at Cody Lunsford on Letterboxd. Uh, if you're here on the purely nostalgia feed, I host a podcast called Best Pictures, where we try and find the best movie for every year we've been alive. Um, it's a good show. Eli has stepped in a couple times when uh, one of our co-hosts had to get married or mm-hmm. he just wanted to show up. Uh, you've talked about... I was invited. You were invited, yes. <laughs> um, what what movies have you talked about uh, the, on our show? The episode where I filled in for you was The Matrix, because that was one that you guys rudely skipped over. Um, right. Because you guys talk about the best movies from every year, and somehow you missed that one. Uh, yeah, And then uh, you guys also had me on for your Independence Day episode, um, <laughs> a movie <laughs> that I don't remember. <laughs> And I don't really remember the logic why, but oh, oh, because it it won the Kids' Choice Award for Best Movie. And we thought that was funny to invite you because you did movies about that people liked as kids. But this was the least kid movie possible. Yes, that's why you were on. Um, And so to the people who already listen to both shows, we thank you. And we're sorry that you're getting duplicate episodes, but that's how that cookie crumbles and don't uh, delete one of them if you have are (laughs) subscribed to both podcasts listen to each of them in full (laughs) or if you are going to pick one of them or pick best pictures but what you definitely need to do is at least download them both yes you can delete whichever one you want because at least you still hear our voices but download them both so we get those numbers we show up in itunes um all of that it's all about the money for us it's all of this. This is just a side project that we can't finance independently at the time, mm-hmm. at, at the current time, and we are trying to get bought. We will sell out the moment you ask us to, and Eli will take 
illegal medication that prevents him from crying <laughs> so the show goes on forever if you pay us money it will happen i will i will hold a blow dryer up to my eyes so that if any moisture escapes it is quickly <laughs> evaporated and it never touches his cheek yeah so um thanks everybody for listening um so cody did you live in let cry unfortunately i did not live and let cry this month that is so sad eli did you live and let cry i did not live and let cry i didn't do either of them <laughs> i didn't live or let cry <laughs> oh thanks everybody for listening and until next time we urge you to live and let cry